What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. This is Lift and Learn, Episode 4. In this episode, I'll be breaking down ways to stop or get out of a plateau, and then I'll talk a bit about intermittent fasting. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow the podcast on Instagram, check it out at Lift and Learn Podcast. And the podcast is also on Facebook now. You can just go on there and search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. So if you listened to the podcast last week, then you might remember that I just got some lifting shoes, the Nike Romelios 3, and I managed to get in a lift with them this week. So my latest leg day, I used the shoes and the workout went pretty well. I'm not really sure if they actually made a difference, but I managed to get in a 240-pound squat for 8 reps for 3 sets, which felt pretty good. I mean, it was still hard. It's not like the shoes are supposed to magically give me some strength I never had before. The main purpose of the shoes is just to lift your heel a bit, and that helps put your foot in a slightly better position, since your heel is a bit elevated, and it could help some people who have some ankle mobility issues. Honestly though, they're not something that you should rely on all the time when squatting, so I'll probably be using them about 50% of the time. Walking in them is kind of weird actually, and it'll take some getting used to. Maybe that's just because I was so focused on not getting them dirty or creasing them, so my walk was a bit unnatural. I usually do this thing where when I rack the weights or put the weights away, I use my foot to kick or guide the weight in, and I almost did it with the shoes on without realizing but luckily I remembered at the last second, thankfully, because I want to keep them as clean as possible, especially because they're white. Honestly, is there a better feeling than going to the gym with new gear? I love that feeling since I don't buy myself new clothes very often, so rocking the new shoes in the gym, I'm not gonna lie, I was feeling myself a bit. In my area, in the gym of course, it's mandatory to wear a mask, and man is it hard to squat with a mask on sometimes. For that last set of 240, I had to lower the mask down to like my chin area because I was pushing myself for that last set. I think uh, on like rep 3, I was starting to think I wouldn't even be able to finish my 8 reps, but I just told myself to get her done. I could feel my legs shaking and it was around 5.30am at the time too, so that was a pretty rough set, but I survived. I actually managed to use the shoes twice this week because I actually managed to finally get in a lift with my boy at John Mango on Instagram and we absolutely crushed it. I ended up driving down to Mississauga which wasn't too bad, the gym was about 25 minutes away. It was my first time at this gym called Sky Fitness which is actually so nice compared to my home crunch gym. They have multiple platforms for squatting and deadlifting, they've got some machines in there that I've never seen in person before. They actually have that belt squat machine which looks pretty cool but we just barbell squatted instead. Sky Fitness has a little turf area too which is pretty cool for sled pulls and we ended up doing barbell lunges in that area. They even have a basketball court too which is pretty cool but apparently they're taking it out and replacing it with even more platforms or power racks or something like that. Anyways, I ended up doing my buddy's workout, which ended up being 5 sets of 7 reps on squats, along with stiff leg deadlifts, barbell lunges, and then we supersetted lying leg curls with calf raises. I'm telling you, those squats and those, especially those barbell lunges were killer. I'm sitting here recording this right now and my glutes are still pretty damn sore from it. 
In my own routine, I've been doing dumbbell lunges with 50 to 60 pounds, so I decided to do barbell lunges for the first time, mind you, with 135 pounds for 10 steps, and I was gassed. Overall, it's a pretty nice gym, and I just might have to get a membership. Since the gyms have been back, my routine has mainly been focused on just getting that mind-to-muscle connection back, trying to gain the strength I had pre-COVID, so my compound movements and most of my movements have been working in that 8-12 to 12 rep range. But I've been on that plan for almost 8 weeks now, and I think it's about time for me to switch up that rep range and work on a bit of strength for the next few weeks. So I'll be switching up my training pretty soon to a more strength-focused one. So for my compound lifts, I'll be switching up to more of a 5-8 to eight rep range, and that means I'll get to play around with some heavier weight on the bar, which is exciting. Now, if you have some experience in the gym, you might have read online that working in the 8-12 to 12 rep range is the best way to build muscle, because those are usually called hypertrophy reps. And that does have a lot of truth to it. It's a good sweet spot. But the thing is, if you're always working in that 8-12 to 12 rep range, you may actually notice that after a few months or so, you may not be reaping the maximum muscle building benefits because your body will slowly start to adapt to that stimulus because you're doing the same thing over and over again. So this is basically just a reminder to phase your workouts to prevent any plateau that you might come across, and that's actually going to be the first topic for today. So for me, I'm gearing up to work in a 5-8 to eight rep range, and that will lead to some strength. But of course, it'll be building some new muscle as well, since I'm switching it up and giving the body something new to adapt to. With that being said, let's dive into this fitness portion where I'll talk a bit more about this. First question. What are some ways to prevent plateau or get out of a plateau? So you've been going up in weight on your lifts for weeks or months now, but what happens when you stop going up in weight or you've been doing the same weights for all your exercises for more than a month or two? Trust me, I've been there and it's really frustrating because you feel like you're doing everything you can to build strength. You're eating, gaining a half a pound or a pound of weight a week, hitting calories right on and protein intake is spot on too. First off, the various ways of progressive overload is what you should be doing. What does that mean? Maybe you'll have to lighten the weight a little bit and move out of your typical 5 to 10 rep range or whatever you've been doing. Try lightening the weight and do 12 to 20 reps instead and see what happens when you stick to that programming for a month. Or you can try a workout phase, like me, where you're working on acclimating yourself to heavier weights for a few weeks. And maybe that means switching up to heavy sets of 3 reps each just to change up the training a little bit. Another way to progressively overload is by changing up the tempo of your exercises to make it more challenging as well. That means, for example, on bench press, you can slow down the part where you're lowering the bar down to your chest. Maybe that means not bouncing it off your chest and actually controlling the weight a little bit more than usual. You can even try an advanced technique like a pause rep, and that's where you would pause the bar on your chest. That way you're taking out the momentum in the movement. Slowing the tempo in some way could help you progress past your plateau, and that could actually help you develop more of a mind-to-muscle connection. More volume and frequency could also push you past your plateau. What do I mean by that? Well, maybe your routine or your split during the week is a PPL program, which is push-pull legs. In that case, you're squatting twice a week, benching twice a week, and maybe also deadlifting twice a week and rowing twice a week. How can you prevent a plateau in this case? 
Try finding or building a routine where you're hitting the compound movements three times a week instead, and that should lead to more volume during the training week if you plan it out properly. Maybe you need to switch your programming to an upper-lower split, and that way you're doing your body parts more frequently throughout the week. You might want to even give full body training a try too, especially if you've never done it before. In this case, you'll be stimulating a wide range of muscles every single day and giving your body a new challenge to adapt to, which could be kind of a wake-up call for you if you're in a rut with your training or you're finding it boring. For these methods, you need to adjust the workout volume accordingly because you don't want to get into overtraining territory. So reflect on your weekly training volume to make sure it's adequate for you to recover fast enough. Another solution, you're gonna need to track your workouts. Oh man, first you tell me to track my food and now you want me to track my workouts? That's too much work. Well, that's what you gotta do to prevent plateaus. If you just go by feel every workout, eventually you'll stop seeing progress. Like I said, I've been there. And I've been at a three-plate bench before, but stopped progressing because I stopped tracking. When I first started benching when I started college, I used to have this spreadsheet of my bench progression back when I was a newbie because I wanted to catch up to my gym partners. You can use the old-school spreadsheet or notebook method if you want to write down your workouts, but they also have apps for that these days. Nowadays, I'm going to have to work back up to a three-plate bench again, especially because the pandemic forced most of us to put our gains on hold. Now though, I'm back in the gym tracking my workouts. Personally, I use an iOS app called Gymbook, and some of my clients have been using it, or another app called Strong. You can play around with both of those to figure out which one you like better. Personally, I like Gymbook because I've been using it for about two years or so at this point, and I like the Watch app because I'm just so used to it now at this point. The watch app is perfect for the gym because as soon as my set is over, I log it on my watch and it starts a timer and vibrates when it's time to hit the next set. That's why on some of my days, I absolutely fly through my workouts. The app is free and I believe Strong also has a free version as well. Tracking your workouts is really important and the apps I mentioned helps with your progress because it will actually help you calculate an estimated 1RM with all your exercises. And if you see that 1RM number, which is a 1 rep max, if you see that number increase over time, then it's a pretty good sign that likely means you're building strength if your form has stayed perfect as you've continued to get stronger. So I mentioned it before, but you need to be sure to split up your workout in different phases so that you don't get stuck within a certain rep range that you love to work out in. You can't be doing the same thing over and over and expect the same results. So every day before bed, I open Gymbook and it shows me my previous workouts that I've made myself within the app and I see all the numbers I hit there. For example, for my bench press, I did 225 pounds for 5 reps. So next time I plan to do 230 pounds for 5 reps since the 225 went up pretty easy this week. I do all of this the night before so when I wake up and go to the gym, all I have to do is hit my numbers as close as I can to what I wrote down. Usually I'll add a rep to each set, and sometimes if I'm ready, I'll add 5 pounds to each lift. Plateau is when progress basically stops. Remember though, the line to success isn't a straight line anyways, so it's not going to go up and get better every single day or every single session, even though it might be like that when you're first starting out. There are going to be many bumps in the road along the way, all you have to do is be consistent with everything. Progress will add up over time, 
so it's a good idea to look at progress weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly. Just don't look at it from a daily perspective or you'll drive yourself crazy. These same rules apply when you're looking at your weight on the scale. Now, there are other versions of plateauing when it comes to health and fitness. What can you do if you actually just become bored or unmotivated with the workouts you're doing? At that point, you have to try something new. You can try taking a few days off the gym and maybe you'll miss it after a few days. And no, your gains will not disappear after just a few days of not going to the gym. If you're unmotivated or bored, that could just be a sign your body is trying to tell you that it needs some time off. That might be something you need if you've been really consistent after a few months. Or if you're like me, this can still happen after a few years of being consistent. The whole rest and recovery process is definitely in the top 5 when it comes to the most important things you can do for your own health, and probably one of the most overlooked aspects as well. Of course, sleep will be included in there. Trying something new to break out of a plateau could also mean switching up some exercises in your routine. Maybe try front squatting instead of back squatting. Maybe do a full body circuit based workout for a few days and see how you feel afterwards. Maybe try a Pilates class or yoga or something you feel like you've always wanted to do but maybe you haven't had time for because you've been doing your normal resistance training routine instead. If we're talking about plateauing then the problem could be nutrition based. Evaluate the food you've been eating to see if you're getting adequate macro and micronutrients, and this is where MyFitnessPal comes in. To maximize possible muscle growth and weight loss, remember that you should be eating around 0.6 grams to 1 gram of protein per body weight. For a 170 pound person like me, this means eating 100 to 170 grams of protein daily. Other macros include at least 20 to 25% of your total calories from fat, while the rest should be filled in with carbs from all different kinds of sources, mainly from non-highly processed foods. Vegetables should also be included in all of your meals, but as a general rule of thumb, have them along with at least two of your daily meals. And honestly, if all of this isn't being done, it's going to make it more difficult to see consistent progress after more than a few months. Now, this change doesn't have to be immediate, but you at least have to keep pushing closer and closer to those desired macros or whatever macros work for you under your circumstances. You've probably already heard that training and diet are the most important things. Some say 50-50, others tip the percentage into training or diet, but either way, it's a huge part. So you're losing at least half the battle if those needs are not met. I talked about it briefly earlier, but another huge part that you could be missing out on is recovery, and especially the sleep aspect. If you're not sleeping ideally about 8 hours of good sleep daily, then you're going to be limiting yourself from hitting your potential. If you're in a plateau, sleeping 4-6 to six hours a day, maybe you're up watching Netflix or have been working late hours lately, then it might be time to just take a step back and evaluate exactly what you're doing. Maybe at this time of the year it gets really busy at work and you're forced to work late hours, then that might mean it's a good idea to scale down the intensity of the workouts for now because you know in a month's time you'll be back to a normal sleeping schedule and then you'll be able to put more focus in your training since sleep will be more optimal. On the other hand, if you're stuck in a plateau and you're just deciding yourself to stay up every night just because you can, then it's probably not going to do you any good when it comes to your health in the long run. 
Yeah, when you're young, you might think it doesn't affect you, but it'll eventually catch up to you. Sooner or later, you're having bad late-night snacks, you notice yourself being tired all the time, you're not making any progress in the gym or on the scale, and then that's when you start to ask yourself if any of this is even worth it. Trust me, I've been there too. I love killing time by lying down, doing nothing, putting on the office, and just enjoying two or five or even ten episodes in a row. It's awesome because, I mean, you don't have to do anything. You're literally just relaxing. But you can't do that every single day. It starts to take a toll on you and it will affect you, or most likely it's already affecting you and you're just ignoring the signs at this point. And maybe it's not the right time for you, but eventually, if you really want to do something good for yourself, then there's going to be a time where you're going to have to sacrifice those nights and instead focus on getting your 7-9 to hours of good and deep sleep. Of course, staying up every once in a while isn't a problem, but if you're doing it more than twice a week, then that's definitely going to set you back because a big puzzle piece is that sleep and recovery aspect. And I'll actually dive more into sleep in a future episode, so look out for that one. Next question, is intermittent fasting a good idea? What is intermittent fasting? Intermittent fasting is something that has definitely gained popularity this last decade, and it's done a few ways. The most common way is refraining from eating when you wake up for as long as possible. So if you wake up at 6am for example, and you go to work without eating breakfast. Now some people will say coffee or water will break your fast, but let's say you're not that strict. Alright, so let's picture the scenario again. So you wake up at 6am, go to work, have a coffee or water, and then you wait to have your first meal of the day at 11am for lunch or maybe even later, say 1 or 2pm. That's what it is. Essentially, you'll be eating from 11am to a few hours before bedtime, which could be around 8-10 to 10 hours or so if you sleep at 9pm. That means the amount of calories that you could possibly eat in those 8-10 to 10 hours is going to likely be less than if you were to have a larger eating window of, say, 14 hours if you started eating at 7am. A common rule that's been practiced is the 16-8 to 8 rule which means that you fast or you don't eat for 16 hours of the day, that includes while you're sleeping, and then the other 8 hours of the day is when you can eat, aka your eating window. Now, I do know who sent me this question, and I know she's looking to lose weight, so what she really wanted to ask me was, should I use intermittent fasting to lose weight? And the answer is no. And let me expand on that. Now, if we're looking in the short term, Can you lose weight by skipping breakfast, per se? Yeah, it could work for you temporarily, but what happens when you want to eat breakfast, or eat properly and or give your body the most nutrients possible to function your best every day? You probably will lose weight by skipping breakfast, but what's going to happen when you're done with the intermittent fasting diet and start eating breakfast again? Well, you're probably going to gain the way back, and again, be at square one with no real knowledge on how to really manipulate your food to help you lose weight in a more proper way. So let's say this person is eating 2,000 calories daily and wants to lose weight by using IF. Fine, this person starts eating at noon, and now she's able to actually eat in a caloric deficit, which in this case, that would be anything under 2,000 calories. So this person starts to lose weight, let's say a pound or more a week. Okay, so what happens three to four weeks from now? 
or even six weeks from now when suddenly she's not losing weight anymore. They're stuck at the same weight for a week or two now. So what's the solution here progression-wise? Start eating later in the day? Maybe start eating at 3 p.m.? Or maybe she decides to eat 1,400 or 1,300 calories, and obviously that's pretty dangerous regardless of how much you weigh. For any adult, that wouldn't be a good idea or a good diet to stick to in the long term. So no, I don't believe IF or intermittent fasting would be a good idea in the long term when it comes to weight loss because it just creates bad habits and you really don't want to live life like that. If you're going to use IF to lose weight, then I feel like you should already have control of your diet first. Or you've stuck to a certain kind of diet or plan for over a year, you know exactly what you're putting into your body, and you don't have a history or pre-existing eating disorder. Okay, so what should you do then instead of IF? You can start by making better food choices. A food scale will help tremendously in this process, but if you don't have one, then I guess I'll have to use the term clean eating. That means eating whole or less processed foods like rice, meat, and fruits. Those could be great additions to your diet, especially if you're frequently eating things that usually come in boxes and have all kinds of extra and unneeded ingredients in them. Furthermore, adding protein into your diet will help with satiety which is how full you're feeling after meals. Another strategy is having water before and after your meals. If you feel the need, you can just have a smaller breakfast. That could be doing something like substituting the carbs from that meal and possibly another meal during the day for vegetables. All it takes is a little bit of planning to figure out what you need to eat to be in a caloric deficit or a surplus for that matter, if that's your goal right now. So open my fitness pal and go to tomorrow's date. Plan out exactly what you're going to be eating and see if those meet your calorie and macronutrient goals. Make sure you're also getting fiber in your diet and make sure that you're incorporating fruits and vegetables throughout the day and that would be a great start. A good diet along with a resistance training program is a great place to start if we're going to briefly talk about what you can do besides relying on just IF to lose weight. Whether that would be in a gym or starting out in your home working out, that should be the foundation. Now, I've personally used IF in the past to lose some weight, but that was after a year plus of bulking and after losing weight consistently for a few months when I went into my cut phase. I personally used IF for a few days during the last three weeks of my cut because I thought I'd try to see my abs for the first time ever. It actually really helped me because at that point, my calories had dipped below 1900 calories while doing cardio and resistance training daily. I was definitely pushing my body to a certain limit, but it worked for me. Keep in mind though, that's because I've been training and have this kind of experience for more than 5 years now, which isn't a lot, I know, but I know how my body works for the most part, and at that point in my cut, it was a good strategy for me to use because I've exhausted most of the other weight loss options out there. If you're just starting out a weight loss journey, I do not advise you to do intermittent fasting. But if you're experienced enough with your diet, then it could be a time to look into it. If you're going to try it, start off doing it for a day, and then try doing it a few times per week if need be, but do not end up relying on it for long-term weight loss, and I cannot stress that enough. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave me a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. 
Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a page on Facebook now if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about why you need to deadlift and why everyone should be taking creatine.